Welcome to the 495 Podcast, nice. presented by Greater Long Island Media Group. I am your host, Nick Esposito. Alongside of me is uh, Michael White, co-host. <laughs> and we're here with our 22nd episode of the 495 Podcast, uh, an awesome one, Vargas Boxing. The team from Vargas Boxing, from yes. Finest Fitness in Patchogue. We have the father, uh, Mike Vargas, who runs the boxing program, and his son, Alex, who recently went pro, and he's rocking a perfect undefeated record, 3-0. <laughs> I went to most of his fights. So, guys, uh, thank you very much for joining oh, thank, the podcast. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thank it. You. And you guys are uh, Bellport guys? Bellport. Did, did you Where did you grow up, Mike? No, I grew up 12 years in Hollis, Queens, and then uh, Bayshore, New York. Oh, with Run DMC, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably around that age, too, right? Yep. I'm sure Run they live close by. Uh, he was close by. We'd see him once in a while uh, in the basketball courts until he made it big. Yeah, and then he was, he was he, down with Hollis. Yeah, he wouldn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I actually grew up in Rosedale, Queens. So oh, okay. I wasn't too far away from here. Yeah. Uh, and how'd, how'd you end up out in Bellport? Um, we got married, looking for a place, and we found a little house with a cul-de-sac, which was I wanted, and there we go. And, and here's Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what happens. Yeah, so I wrote about Alex a few times now, but we'll, we'll get back into the, the history of it. So, um, you know, Mike, you were into boxing or you watched boxing, you know, growing up? My dad was a boxer, so my whole life, I can remember I was three or four years old, we used to spar in the front yard in Hollis, Queens, which is kind of like a 12 by 12 with a four-link chain, uh, chain fence. But I never competed. He would never, you know, uh, let us compete or actually play a lot of sports. But that was his thing, boxing. So my whole life I grew up sparring. And then um, when I had Alex, when he was little, I started doing the same thing my dad did with him. Have him sparring when he was a little kid. Yeah. And how old are you when you picked up your first pair of gloves, Alex? I was uh, six years old, I think. But it it was always in my blood. There's little, like... (laughs) clips of when I was in the crib and I'd be get up fast get hands, up and I'd start active hands always moving. I'd start punching the camera like <laughs> yeah. boxing the camera well he was in when he was in a little bouncy what I used to do is always like roll and hook and I remember he's three or four months old and I used to tap him on the cheek and he used to love that he used to laugh so he always was around with keeping the hands up and you know I didn't know he'd go professional with it four months old that's great Tiger Woods didn't pick up a club until he was about three. <laughs> <laughs> he was sparring at four months old. As it progressed, and you you know you started picking up those gloves more and more, and sparring with your dad, and and that. When did you like, hey, I want to kind of you know do this, and, you know, I want to you know pick this up as a sport or as a hobby. You know, how old were you then? Um, I'd say about eight, I think. That it was when I sparred my dad that I really wanted to get into it because we'd be downstairs and make up a fake you know belt we'd fight for and we'd box three rounds and have a winner so i'd i'd keep telling my dad i want to go to the gym and actually do it so yeah. that's when he took me and i was like eight right eight you were actually younger he was seven uh. because he actually i used to tell him the stories that i what my dad used to do with me and then when he was seven we used to spar in the basement he goes to me dad i don't want to be like papa because i told him my dad never let me go compete he said, I want to compete. I want to train in a gym. He was seven. And that's how I um, looked up uh, Mr. Ed, Ed Murphy. Um, may he rest in peace. No longer with us. But uh, I took him there. And from there, he liked what I did with Alex. And he said, won't you come a coach with me? And 
that's how my coaching career with boxing started. Where was Ed Murphy's gym? Where'd you guys start training? That was Granny Road in Medford. Okay. Yeah, um, it's no longer there. It's a, I think something like a school behind the old uh, Wonder Bread or Hostess, something like that. Oh, yeah. Back there. Were you reluctant at all to have your son get into this violent sport? No, not as little kids. It's very safe. The way that ch rules have changed, amateur boxing is very safe. People don't realize that, but um, the rules, the headgear, the gloves, the, the, the way they're training the refs, um, it's very safe. The, the tough sport is when you go without the headgear and go pro. That's where it's, it's a little more difficult. So Yeah, before that, I, I get hurt more in football stuff like that than boxing as an amateur at least did you play football at Bellport yeah I played for well. Bellport yeah. so. now um <clears throat> it, what year what year did you play by any chance uh I mean all four years I graduated in 2013 okay so I played I ended up on varsity my sophomore year when they won the LIC mm. No, no, because I probably played you because I played for Newfield. Oh, uh, yeah. That oh, so we, yeah. So they we were undefeated at the time. Yeah, yeah. So we, we probably played each other. Nick That's mentions a, this. Yeah. <laughs> we won the LIC. <laughs> I, I was a, a fallback. When I, when I first met him, he mentioned it. Yeah, he <laughs> mentioned yeah, yeah, exactly. Before yeah. he even yeah. says hello, he mentions <laughs> I had to pretend minutes. like I didn't. we and Alex didn't have this conversation <laughs> before so we could get it to the crowd. So when did you graduate? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, just that was say, a good team back then. Yeah, that was team. was fun. But uh, you know, to go back to, to boxing, you won a little something called the Golden Gloves. Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so you, to tell me what that experience is like, you know, people that don't know what the Golden Gloves is, let's start there. What is the Golden Gloves? Um, the Golden Gloves is the oldest tournament in the country. Yeah. Right. So it's been around like 90 years. So um, it's just known. Everybody's won it. You know, Mike Tyson's won it. Um, Ali's won it. And uh, it was something I wanted to win as a little kid when I saw all these fighters winning the Golden Gloves and getting that gold chain around their neck. That was when I first started. That was my goal was to win the Golden Gloves. So it's just a huge tournament, and, you know, everyone knows about it. But Is that so, what's around your neck now? I can't tell. Yeah, that's, the mic. that's what's around my neck. Excellent. <laughs> so that's for, you know, the best amateur fighter, right? Yeah, they have, yeah, every weight class, and then it starts in January and goes all the way to April. So you win, you move on, you lose. Your yeah, when did that start? When did you you know, first start training for the Golden Gloves, all that stuff? <laughs> My senior year, uh, football was over, and I gave up wrestling. And then I told my dad I'm going to do the gloves, and we started training, I'd say, November. And then uh, came back to boxing and just ended up going all the way to the finals and winning it all. Yeah. How many people did you have to beat to, to win that tournament? Uh, that year was five. Wow. Five tough guys wow five fights in five months basically yeah wow so staying busy what was the f toughest fight out of the five? Oh man uh i'd have to say my quarterfinal fight okay i fought some 28 year old from like bedside brooklyn he was like six two wow he's huge I, I didn't know how he was fighting in my weight class and you're mm -hmm. what, you're like 17 at the i time. was 17 at the time and um i mean it was easy at first i was picking them apart first round i was just boxing around them then the second round i got too comfortable and dropped my hands and next thing you know i'm on the floor i just <laughs> hit the deck and then yeah. that's when everything got tough because that's the first time i was ever dropped and wobbled so i got up all wobbly my legs were gone and then i had to go on and finish the fight so that that was definitely the toughest fight um but i'd say every fight after that was really tough what's the crowd like it's msg right no, that year was actually your first year at the Barclays Center. Okay. Which was, you know, 
It's crazy. I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to play that MSG because yeah. of the history. But it was the first year Barclays was open. First so. year Barclays. That's, that's yeah, it was awesome. Itself. Uh, what's the crowd like at, at the Golden Gloves tournament? Oh, that was nuts because I was in high school at the time. Yeah. And I remember. Yeah, most kids are home. Yeah, we got a party bus. Uh, so all my high school friends had pulled up to the high school and had like 50 of my friends on a party bus you know yeah they were 18 there everyone's drinking stuff yeah. like that yeah went out there and they were just you guys know my crowd yeah, ever since crazy. then they're loud yeah. you know it's only 50 of them but they're really loud uh, so. yeah nick was telling us about the paramount yeah i so. regret it i couldn't beat the last fight but uh you said he's got a nice crowd now. Oh, yeah. It's like I wrote about it. It was like the sea of red out there. Yeah. All rocking the El Toro Alex Vargas yeah. shirts. Like yeah. the whole like upper deck of the Paramount is filled with them. Right. Bellport rolls deep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what they say. I have, I have a good group from everywhere, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Not even Bellport. I have people from, you know, Mastic. All these people you know, came Patch up with, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Cortland University. A lot of his friends yeah. from yeah. college come. Nice. Yeah, and I first met you, um, I think it was back when Joe Smith Jr. was training at, you know, Vargas Boxing at, at Finest Fitness. Yeah, he came up to the support. Yeah. So Joe Smith Jr., who's who's a professional boxer, right. who was known well known for knocking Bernard Hopkins out of the ring. <laughs> you know, Alex, your journey was just getting started. You were just coming back home from college at that time. Yeah, I just graduated. I was like 185 pounds in <laughs> shape. <laughs> so, so you know, there was like a whole period. So after the Golden Gloves, uh, you decided to go to college, and it was kind of contingency from dad because you wanted to be a professional. <laughs> I boxer. wanted to turn pro right away at 18. But he said that you got to be got to go to college first. Yeah, I have to go to school, get Absolutely. my degree, and yep. you know, I wasn't too fond of that because I felt good. I just won the gloves. I wanted to see what I could do at the next level, and it's like now you're going to school. And would no. you, you went to Cortland, we just mentioned that before, but what would you go to school for? Uh, I went uh, to school for teaching English as a second language. And, and your whole intention while you were you know, at school was it, I'm just going to be a professional boxer anyway, but I'll just graduate? Yeah. Like, what was the mindset? Well, I, my first two years I went to Suffolk. Okay. So I was like, you know what, I'm still home, I can still train, but it was tough, you know, going to school. And then I kind of just stopped training, and I transferred and went to Cortland. But it was always in my mind. I always told my mom, my dad, and my sister, I'm coming back and I'm going to start fighting again. So Just after a few more beers and court yeah, parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was up there and it was, it was always in my mind. Sounds but like a real punishment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, I've switch. seen some videos from up there. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, crazy. I had a great time. It, it was good, like, stepping away and just meeting people and going out, you know, five nights a week. But at the same time, I always knew once I come back, I'm getting focused again. Uh, it's crazy because you said you're 185 pounds, and the last fight that I went to, you were 130. Mm -hmm. 140. 140. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a big. That's a big drop. Yeah. Um, a lot of discipline. Yeah. How tall are you, Alex? I'm like five seven. Okay. 140. So, so let's continue with the, the the journey. So you come back after college. You're like, I'm going pro. So you you hire a manager, and then you get your first uh, fight at the Paramount. What was that whole process of, like, going pro, inking your first deal? What was that like? Well, actually, I didn't just come home and turn pro. I came home, I started training again, and then we decided to do the Golden Gloves again. Oh, that's right, the Road to MSG. Yeah, the Road to okay, MSG. Yeah, yeah, they they changed the name. They changed the name, right? Yeah. Right. But, yeah. um... It's a yeah. whole big thing. We can't talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> the name. I used the term Golden Gloves. I had lawyers calling me up. Really? <laughs> seriously, seriously. That's it's crazy. the the Ringmaster tournament Ringmaster. now. Road yeah. to the Garden, formerly known as the, the Golden Ringmaster Gloves. tournament. That's really what they're calling it. Yeah, because they like give a you circus. a ring, you know. It's a nice gotcha. ring, but it's not it's the not like the chain. Everyone yeah, knows yeah, the chain. Yeah, yeah. It's the history. So, uh, we came back, we started training for that, and uh, I actually remember the bracket came out, and I saw that my dad sent me the bracket, 
And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be tough because, I mean, they had, I think every fighter there made it to the finals, won the tournament before. And you hadn't been out of practice, obviously. Yeah, I was out for four or five years. So I was like, you know, this is going to be tough. And then first fight, we took out a two-time finalist. Second fight, then we were just counted out. We fought the Italian national champion and Olympian. Then he he trained with uh, Paul Malignaggi. Paul Malignaggi, yeah, yeah. They trained with him, and then we took him out. And then beat another guy who's pro now. It's like training with Pacquiao and stuff. And then made it to the finals against the uh, number one kid in the country, turned out to be, and uh, lost a split decision. But, I mean, you know, I thought I won the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, when you get involved in boxing, as a kid, socially, uh, you know, when you join T-ball and then you join, you know, lacrosse, your baseball, your basketball, you're there with all your friends. Everyone knows each other. Um, I know when I was growing up in Rosedale, Queens, when I wanted to play baseball, I went to Catholic school, so when I wanted to play baseball, I went to the team. I didn't know a soul. I was just kind of by myself, so I kind of mm-hmm. wasn't really into it for that reason. Uh, when you were, get, were getting involved in boxing, going up to Medford and fighting, you're like, you're kind of on, a, you're on an island. You're by yourself at that point, right? And you're not seeing your buddies from school and stuff yeah. like that. Was that kind of tough, you know, like to to keep at it, you know, without that sort of social aspect to it? You know, it's such a solitary sport, and right. I'm just picturing a seven year old. Yeah, know? yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's tough. It's still tough too, because. Um, since I did every sport, I realized that, like, football, yeah, you had the two-a-days and stuff like that. But in between, you're hanging out with your friends, you know, you're eating, you're not on a strict diet. Yeah. You know, with boxing, you know, you can't go out to the parties. You don't can't get, have a beer with us right You now. can't have one beer. <laughs> don't touch yeah, it. That's the watch. Yeah. You know, you're eating on such a strict diet. You know, you can't go out. Your friends invite you out. Okay, you can't drink, but then you go. You can't eat anything there, you know, yeah. in bed by 10 o'clock. It's just, it's different. You're, you're really... Yeah you know by yourself and then you understand he he only boxed when he was a junior once a year in a tournament because i kept him involved in school sports he played every sport baseball basketball wrestling football track but i only let him fight in the spring or summer and in high school i didn't let him fight i, I wanted him involved with school sports those are your friends yeah. you want to remember your high school yeah. You know, so I kept him involved, but his senior year, that's when he wanted to quit wrestling. I never let him quit anything. He's like, Dad, I'm going to go play football for college because he had a couple of small offers. And so I let him I let him quit. And he ended up surprising us by going all the way. Yeah, so. tennis, boxing, um, figure skating. I remember I interviewed with the Daily News, like Sarah Hughes, who was a big figure skater. These people live... Yeah, right. You know, when they're mm-hmm. when they're into it and they're waking up every morning five a.m. to go figure skating, they just—it's almost like being a child actor. You know, you right. don't, you don't really have that right. normal life. You kind of just live on an island and off on on the side. So that was really great. Your father yeah. recognized that as being an issue because you want to have a well-adjusted life, yeah. and it's nice that you kind of brought all I mean, these things together for yourself. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand too what it's like. You know, training as a boxer and not going out. Even my dad at times. <laughs> During training, he'll be like, oh, you know, because I just sit at home. When I get to rest, I'll just, you know, hang out, watch Netflix. He's like, oh, you know, why don't you go hang out with some girls? And <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand. Like, how am I going to go ask a girl out 
you know to go somewhere to eat and what am i going to bring my food and heat it up and then you know i'm sitting there drinking water and then it hits 9 p.m and i'm like you know i gotta get to bed because i gotta go run at four in the morning so how am i supposed to meet anyone at that time and he's constantly pushing like you know telling my mom why didn't you go talk to girls i'm like this is the life i chose like right now yeah i have some time i can do it now but during training it's like it's tough but there might be that one person that understands all right here we go we got to no. reshare this podcast out around Father's Day. <laughs> but it is it is strict, though. Like, uh, what are you supposed to do? You know, like... Yeah, there's nothing you can really do. Like, I just play Xbox, you know, and that's it. I, <laughs> I go to bed at a certain time. I wake up. You know, I you can't hang out late either, you know. You, you don't feel the same. You get up to run or go spar and these top guys, and you're not 100%. You can get hurt. Yeah. So you really that's have true. to put in the work if you want to be successful. What what is the type of people you surround yourself with? Because I'm sure all of your friends are uh, they're staying out late. You know they're yeah. waking up nine ten o'clock in the morning. They're not yeah. waking up four o'clock. So what do you surround yourself with? I honestly just surround myself with my family, and I have one uh, my best friend, uh, Jason, and he just he understands. So you know he'll come out with me. You know we'll leave early somewhere sometimes, and but he he's the only one. But other than that, I don't. You know it's tough because people yeah. they don't understand. They say they do, but they don't. Because yeah. once it no, comes, no one gets it. Yeah. 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 No, I mean this is completely unrelated, somewhat. But when I was working for the Daily News, I was working weekends and nights. <clears throat> not not so much weekends, but nights. And then I had to work on Sunday through Thursday night, and I didn't really have much time to see my girlfriend at the time. And uh, you know there were a lot of family parties, so when people would ask me to hang out, it was always no because I couldn't. I only had this amount of time to do anything right. um, outside of work. And, you know, people get a little pissy about it. Like, yeah. how do you know yeah. understand? I'm working until 2 in the morning. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is not in the cars, you know. Right. So uh, you got to just, you know, well, you, I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot, but you got to sort of just uh, block that stuff out and yeah. you know, do your thing, which is what you're doing. So you don't need that type <laughs> of advice. But you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, what, that's yeah. what I tell people. Yeah. yeah. So so do you have a cheat day or a cheat? You know, you got like one cheat day a year or something? How's it go? Um, when I'm training, yeah. I try and give myself Sunday. Okay. Um depends once i'm closer to the fight i don't because i really have to get the weight down but yeah i'll give myself once a week so what do you get like three scoops of ice cream or something crazy like yeah, what's like a cheap stuff burrito yeah. or a taco bell uh, it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> what is alex Vargas eat? it's pretty <laughs> disturbing i mean some cheat like, days i have like, I always five say, cookies yeah. like chocolate cookies. i always say i'm gonna have a cheat meal and then that ends up turning into a cheat day yeah. i mean i remember one time we went to gallo and i had you know, nachos, quesadillas. <laughs> then we went to a barbecue after, and I had some more food there. Came home, my sister made dessert. I was just, I felt sick. Like, it was too much. I'm like, I'm never doing that. Anything yeah. I can eat, like, uh, I just grab it. Uh, <laughs> so do you do, uh, I know you have a strict diet, but is it like, you know, are you into the keto? Like, what kind of diet do you have? Like, what do you, are you just, like, on ice chips or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not until the last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I eat uh, Healthy Meals Direct. Okay. So it's just, you know, I could have a burrito. It'll, it's around 400 calories each meal. It has your protein, carbs, and then I'll eat that every four hours. And that's, that's really it. That's how I get the weight down. It's actually not bad, too. I've tried it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good stuff. I do it once a week now, healthy meals. Get all jacked <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Feel good. Yeah, it does work. All right, so all right, let's go forward with Alex Vargas's story. So he inks, he inks his deal, gets his first fight at the Paramount. You know, what are some emotions going on in your mind? Just first when you decided to go pro like you know what's going on in your head um i was just excited because it, it was something i wanted to do for so long but um 
I just knew it was going to be different, you know, the media, the bright lights, the no headgear, small gloves, and I just had that in my head, you know, how different is it really going to be? That's really what I was thinking about, because I know I can fight, but how am I going to react when I get hit with an elbow, headbutt, stuff like that? Now, going into that, into your first professional fight, are you wearing headgear when you're sparring ahead of time? Yeah, wear headgear. I actually cover, I have a nose guard too, because, you know, you can't get cut. Two weeks out of a fight, I get cut, and I have to be pulled out. That's what you don't want. So, yeah, you wear a lot of protection, 16-ounce gloves. So the first time you're wearing no headgears in your first professional fight. Yeah, it was Holy the first shit. time. So how was that like? I remember getting hit with the first shot, the first round, just a little shot, and I was like, wow, I have to pay attention to every punch. If I don't see it coming, I'm, I'm going to sleep. And, and you fought someone who already was a professional boxer, had one fight under his belt. Yeah, and he was a really tough guy from Philly. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. tough guy. So it was a real, it was, it was a wake-up call. My first fight showed how different it is being an amateur and a pro. Right. And uh, your fights, three fights now, three and zero, like we mentioned before. There are four rounds. Yeah. Are you ready to take that next step to add more rounds to a fight? Is that like, is that more training? Do you have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning now? <laughs> um, I'm ready to do that now. Because I, I don't start fast. I take time to, to get going in the ring. I like to watch my opponent, see what he does. And in four rounds, you know, it's tough because, like Chris Algieri told me, he's like, a guy off the street has two rounds. You know, they give you a tough two rounds, you have to win the next two big. Like my second fight, I got dropped in the first round. I lost that first round. I had to win every round. I had the pressure to, to win every round after that. So I'm in shape to go six. Like I said, I spar eight rounds with tons of top guys. It's just, you know, mentally getting ready but i think it'll help me like i said i start slow give me a little bit more time less pressure and chris algieri is a big name too i mean you trained him before chris algieri uh he won he was a welterweight champion yeah. of the world, champion yeah. of the one world. Point, at one point yeah. from uh, from huntington i think and went, yeah, to, Stone, huntington. went yeah. to stony brook so you know you're training with some big name guys yeah oh yeah i'm surrounded by i mean rich comey is a world champion um i'm with that team now danny jacobs uh chris algieri um, everybody, everybody Curtis just Curtis Stevens, Saddam Ali, yeah, you know, Andre Rozier is uh, taking him under so his wing. I'm the little pup in that gym now. Yeah, you guys spend a lot of time together. Who me and uh? Yeah, you and this whole crew. Um, I just started with them for this fight, but yeah, once we get the when we're fighting again, I'll, I drive out to Brooklyn all the time, and like I said, I'm surrounded by them. I'm in the ring with them. It's a really good team. And so, how have you enjoyed fighting? You know, on Long Island. Who knows when your next, uh, where your next fight's gonna be? But you, your first three fights were in Huntington on Long Island. Like, what was that like? Oh, uh, it's a, it's a great feeling because the crowd comes out crazy. Yeah, for you. you're you're in Long Island. You know, it's my hometown. So I, you know, we have over a hundred people come out every time, and not only a hundred people. They're loud. They're they're reckless. So yeah, and are, the good thing they is, are reckless. I mean, yeah. yeah. So we're crazy. We're in Huntington too. So we're on Main Street. So everyone likes to come out for the fight. But then we all get to go out after and just you know have a good time. So it's, it's fun. How's that feel? I remember I won a big fight in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a boxing match. It was in the streets. <laughs> oh, the but streets. we went to like a house party afterwards, and I was like being celebrated because this guy was like a bully. Really? You know? Okay. And it was the best feeling. Someone gave me a big chalice to drink out of. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So uh, real brawler. I still look at those knuckles. That's from his head. Um, so I can't imagine a feeling after winning an actual real fight at the Paramount. You're going out with your friends. You're celebrating out in Huntington after like. You got to feel like just the king of the world after something like that, right? Yeah, you feel great, but it makes you, like, I feel, um, how can I say, what, grateful? Yeah. 
to know that that many people come out to support me. Yeah. You know, just to know that 120 people are out there, you know, wearing a shirt with your name on it, and that they're willing to come out after work, or, you know, they're flying out there to get out there to watch me fight. So, mm-hmm. you know, I take it in, and then, yeah, I do have fun. Every, I mean, every two seconds I'm getting a drink offered. <laughs> <Exactly. It's> me. <laughs> this is just a side note, because I have a friend who used to box, but obviously you wouldn't get into a fight outside of the ring, but you're... You're technically weapons, right? Your hands are like technically classified yeah, as some weapons or something like yeah. that. I think now they're considered weapons, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. So you register with the police department. <laughs> I don't know how that works. So I don't want to yeah. find out. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was just an interesting side note. Like no, when you become a professional boxer, your hands actually it's crazy. Become, become literal weapons. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that happens in the, in like um, the martial arts too. If you're like a, right. some sort of yeah. black belt, you, you even know, when he was small, I always told him, Alex, walk away, walk away, oh, of course, walk away. Of course. Yeah. You know. Um, boxing, the state of boxing right now, is your your goal to murk your way up, obviously, to the higher ranks of boxing? Or do you have, like, long-term, long-term goals to maybe get into something different, maybe UFC or MMA or something different? Um, people always ask me because I wrestled in high school, too. Yeah. But it's just not—I don't like it. I like being in that chess match, you know, where it's just your hands and you, know, you have to figure out your opponent. I like being able to get dropped and have that chance to get up and come back. In the UFC, it's, it's tough. You get dropped, and That's they usually call it. Mm-hmm. You know, And I like that second chance, being able to figure someone out over 12 rounds. Um, I respect all of those guys because it's brutal. But boxing is just my sport. What do you say to the critics out there? Like, oh, boxing's kind of dying. You know, MMA is kind of the way they go. What do you say to people like that? I mean, it's crazy because you look at the ratings, and boxing still is on top. It's yeah. just not... It's just different. Right? It, it's just different. I don't know why, but the ratings still it ends up on top. I mean, you look at the fights coming up. You have two big fights this weekend, a huge fight next weekend, June, another huge fight, May. I mean, these are just huge fights. Mm-hmm. But this weekend, I just want to mention, since you mentioned Joe Smith, he fights this Saturday at Turn and Stone Turn and Casino Stone, yeah. against Bivol. It's a big fight for him, so, you know, we have to root him on. It's on Dazzin, if anybody uh, get on the da- zone Dazzin. Yeah. And also Sean Monahan, who's a Long Island guy, fights on that same card. And what, what night is that? That's this Saturday. this Saturday. What date is that? It's March 7th? 9th, I think. So I the if, if someone's listening to this two weeks from now, I don't want them to. <laughs> 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 to be dated yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's the 9th. Okay, cool. So, all right. So, Alex, what, what's next for you? What's the next step? What's the dream? Yeah. What's next? Um, where am I writing? Where am I going next to cover you? We're still yeah, waiting gonna, to find am I out. Have to pay for Esposito <laughs> to fly out to Vegas. <laughs> I, I'm hoping. Um, we're still waiting. We should know within the next couple of weeks. I hope. Um, hopefully something big. You know, you can't really get into it right now, but um, excited for the future. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah. But what type of? Yeah, right, so you, when you when you sort of move on from from a Paramount type of location, not move on, but yeah. you know when you when you're fighting somewhere bigger, what type of arena would be the next step? You know, um, I mean, it could be. There's so many arenas. Yeah, like around, Mohegan Sun or Atlantic City. Uh, Mohegan Sun, you know, Turning Stone, like you know, the Garden. The Garden it could be all the way in Cali, and, you know, it could be anywhere really. Yeah, I know uh, Cletus Seller had his HBO debut was in um, at the. Nasa oh, Nassau Coliseum. Right, Nassau Coliseum. another one. And he's fighting s- soon again. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I think yeah. he's going to be he fighting soon again on HBO. Yeah. He commentated he, uh, oh, yeah, at yeah. the fight. He's very good at it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's transition a little bit to Vargas Boxing now. So, Alex, do you do a lot of your training at Vargas Boxing in uh, at Finest Fitness? Yeah, I do it there, and then I go to Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm back and forth, but, yeah, Vargas Boxing is always my home. 
I grew up training with my dad, so that's I'll always be there. So let's get you get the pitch now. So you know, you've grown you've grown Vargas Boxing from Alex to now you have over fifty people. That yeah, your, we we broke fifty. Uh huh. So so tell me a little bit about the program. It's a mix of ages, genders, everyone, right? Yeah, it's it's all. I mean, we actually have like six females training right now. One that competes, Jess won the New York uh, Metros this year. Um, so that was my first champ. Um, that same year, Alex got to the finals. Um, I have three in the semis of the um, the uh, tournament, Ring. Ringmasters Ring tournament. Master. I have um, Caesar is uh, my 36-year-old master. He's in the semis. Uh, Jessica Perso's in the semis. And my 201-plus, Darren Rossi, uh, Derek Rossi's brother, is also in the semis. We're just waiting for a date for them to compete. I'm hoping we can uh, get a sweep there, and the three of them go to the garden. That'd be awesome. That would be great. <laughs> uh, so, how you know, what does it mean to you to see this program grow to so many people now, 50 people? You have a nice setup too. Uh, they're the second floor finest fitness. They have the huge ring in there. They have all the whole top floor, which is right. awesome. A bunch of bags and everything like that. Yeah. But what does it mean to you to grow this thing to where it is now? Oh, well, I mean, uh, it's it's exciting, you know. I mean, like I said originally. Um, so you know alex was the one that started this program oh really no yeah. i was i was you're just helping him along i was done out of it and he kept convincing me dad steve you know was the owner then wanted us to start it, and i kept turning them down and then um you know i finally got convinced but i said i'm just gonna help then that's when alex decides he wants to go pro so um I'm kind of stuck with it, but I have three other, <laughs> three other but coaches. But you're passionate about it. It's like, Dad, let's get a puppy. I'll walk it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's not, no. What happened was. <laughs> what happened was. What happened was, yeah, I wanted to start it. But, like I said, I went to Cortland. No. Yeah. When I came, I went to Cortland for a year, came back, and then I, was, I got accepted into Stony Brook. And I went to the orientation, but they didn't transfer my credits. So I had maybe one class go over. I was like, I'm not going to waste a year and come back. And that was the last second, I think a week before. So I had to go back to Cortland. So that's when my dad really got stuck with it. I went to Cortland for another year. Then I came back and I said, I'm fighting because I knew that's what I wanted to do. So yeah, he got stuck with it. (laughs) But I I had to go back to school. That didn't really change the story that much. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily I have some good friends, uh, two kids that I, well, young men now that I trained when they were juniors that are also my coaches. And um, another guy got coach Kevin Lobo, coach Glenn Willis, and coach Xavier Navis that helped me out. Plus Alex as well. So um, yeah, because I can't do it. What would you say is the benefit for people to get into boxing? You know, whether it be a, a kid or maybe someone who's just in their mid twenties or thirties. Well, there's many benefits. I have people that have lost sixty, fifty pounds. Wow. Don't ever want to compete. You don't have to compete. It's a boxing gym. You don't have to compete. You don't have to spar. You know, you can just do the cardio part of it. And um, so I've had a lot of people lose a lot of weight. At the same time, I have people that they say, oh. I just want to train, but I'll never step in that ring to spar. Well, probably 90% of my members spar. You know, they spar my experienced guys. They, they, they work with them easy, and as they get better, you know, they'll go a little harder with them. But now I have this coming year five that said, oh, they'd never spar. 
they're never going to go spar in another gym. Well, now they want to go spar in another gym and then possibly compete. So, you know, you, you'd be surprised how, yeah. how, how far you go with it. You want to do it, Nick? Yeah, you want to yeah. spar? You want to spar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to train. Alec, I mean, I'll be one of those 10 Mike's a, Mike's a brawler. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks someone out when he was 14. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. Great workout, though. No, I, great. I mean, I have, you know, women that transition because they, they constantly see how we work out, how we work out. Yeah. It's nonstop. And those that's, you know, they're intimidated, but I keep telling them, you don't have to spar. And once they try it, they fall in love with it. I can imagine it's like football for me. You know, you get you kind of get that if you're a kid growing up. You know, you kind of can get that aggression out in a positive right. outlet too. You know, you hit the bags instead of go picking on kids at your school or whatever it is. Right. So you kind of get that energy, that negative energy or whatever, any energy out of you. Yeah. If you're yeah. mad at somebody, take it out on the bag. Yeah. It's funny. I played football. I always played team sports. And when I got into wrestling in middle school, something in my mind, like before the match, like my my throat would dry up, like something would happen to me that you know yeah. like a ravenous dog no 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 like, just like nerves or something you know? the nerves, nerves are kicking I didn't in didn't think existed yeah. you know so it'd be cool later in life to maybe get over there and spar no, you know for sure yeah. Yeah. conquer uh, my old fears from uh, seventh grade so, so <laughs> Alex give us hit us with some knowledge now you know, we've never boxed or anything like that mm -hmm. you know what is it like to be in that ring to be hit hit someone you know what is that like can you walk us through like what a yeah, fight yeah, are you nervous wrecked before are you like what happened like take um, us through the whole thing before my fights, I mean, with time it goes away. Yeah. You know, I do used you have to, any pregame or pre-fight rituals? You know, pre-fight like, rituals. You do like some push-ups or something. Listen to Red Man. No, no. I just no. listen to my music, all types of music, mm -hmm. Spanish, rap, whatever. Um, I'm a bit nervous. You know, I, I feel like the pressure of the night. You know, but once I start warming up, I break a sweat. I just get excited. And you know? once I'm walking out and I hear my song come on, and I hear your name being chanted. Yeah, by yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I hear them in the back through the TV. It's crazy. So uh, no, it's more excitement, you know. But you can't let it get to you. You get too excited. Zen warrior. Yeah. You know, you yeah. It, it's it's a lot of it's in the back that people don't see, you know. And before mentally getting ready to fight, not even the night of the week, you know, staying focused and a lot of it goes on in the back. You know, you come out not focused and that could be it in your third fight your most recent one um do you ever feel like because I, I watched it and you know you knock it down your opponent do you ever feel like all right i got him this is over you know or do you is it just a constant like gotta be on my toes like you can hit me one shot it's over um yeah when i dropped him um i knew i heard him but i saw he got up quick so it was more of a flash knockdown um i knew to stay composed because like i said those small gloves you, you get know. wild you get hit with a shot and it could be good night so I, I kind of, you know, eased my way back in there. You know, and I, I knew I could take him out, so I kind of took my time. Um, but, yeah, you, ha you have to always be careful now at this level. Now, when uh, <clears throat> you got an awesome home field advantage here. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, fighting, I don't know, Philly's, Philly's close enough, but if mm -hmm. you're fighting kind of far away. Yeah, without, from, like, Ghana or something, too. Without, without those 100-something yeah. people cheering you on, is that going to be a little different for you? To be honest, uh, it's kind of easier in a way. Yeah. You don't have that pressure. You know, when you have, you come out to your fans, you know, you you want to go out and put on the show and you want to, you know, do everything for them. And they they tell you in the, in the back, you know, my coach and stuff like that, don't, you know, do it for them. Don't let them get to you, you know, where you come out and you start exchanging because you hear the crowd and stuff like that. So sometimes when it's another person's crowd, you have nothing to lose. It's yeah. just like, you know, I want to go out and, and make them shut up. You know, like, like the, my first fight, the kid from Philly told me, He's like, I heard them booing me. He's like, I, I liked it because I have nothing to lose. It's just right. like, you know, the pressure isn't on me. It's on it's on you. Yeah, and this is probably not 
great journalistic standards on on my point of view but when you go out there like i get the adrenaline like oh, yeah because i'm ruined for the kid i'm ruined for the long island yeah. kid too yeah you know? he's supposed to be nonpartisan as a journalist but right. uh <laughs> but like i can only imagine you like i could you know when the music comes on and you know everyone starts cheering and you know the adrenaline starts pumping you can only imagine it just overtaking you a little bit right it's it's, it's crazy yeah it takes you it it's just a crazy feeling you can't explain it's 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 what you miss though that that adrenaline rush you know you and it's all day you're getting text you're reading them you know but you gotta put your phone to the side you know stop paying attention to that but it's crazy knowing how many people that are there cheering for you so yeah it gets it gets you jacked up but you have to keep it calm if not you can be tired you know right when you throw the first punch and dad what are you thinking when you're watching your son go out there for a professional bout it's exciting but you know i'm kind of thinking of don't drop your hands yeah. don't drop your hands but it's nice to see that um you know he's he's already grown pretty big at the paramount because the turnout not only you know his friends already ran to people that don't know him but they've seen him fight so they're now coming back to see him fight um so that's kind of neat and then like this last one they know that he comes out to the salsa music <laughs> you know and i i look over and i see all the women by the bar the they're salsa. all dancing yeah. and you know once they hear the music they're getting into it which is nice you know but the Paramount is a great, great venue. I mean, yeah. we'll always fight there if, you know, there's something for us and they allow us because it's, it's our hometown. Uh, not to get into, like, a big uh, professional boxing conversation, like national stage conversation, but mm -hmm. did you have any favorite boxes growing up that you yeah. could point to or people you mimicked? Um, my favorite fighters were Mike Tyson. By the way, did you see that recent video of him? Of him throwing punches yeah. at like it's 52 like, years old. Yeah, it's like oh I'm going viral right now. Mike oh, Tyson at right? 52 years. Brownsville, Brooklyn. He's like throwing punches <laughs> like 100 miles an hour. Wow. I would I never actually, mess with that guy. Not to make it about me again, but uh, <laughs> but when I was 18, <laughs> when I was 18, I knocked someone out. <laughs> um, actually, before the Call of the Truth Williams fight, mm -hmm. I was upstate with my dad, and my dad worked in Brownsville, Brooklyn. In uh, he was a New York City firefighter, so you know the Tyson thing was always kind of we were into. But before the Call of Truth Williams fight, I think he knocked him out in two and a half minutes. It wasn't the 90 seconds that he that it took him to put yeah. Sphinx down. But right. uh, but I actually went to Call of Truth Williams training facility. Oh wow. I met him and that's neat. Yeah, I was there for a few hours. You know, great guy. Signed a signed a. He is know. a nice guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know him. Yeah, we met him a few times. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, nice. uh, man, the whole Tyson thing in the 80s and early 90s was just wild. Like. You know, like the parties people would have at their houses, you oh know, for God. it. Like, you know, we really yeah. haven't seen anything since then. There will I mean, never be another to... Mike Tyson. Yeah, so. Ever. There's a first Alex Vargas, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, continue to talk so about Tyson. I'm sorry, who else? Uh, Tyson Mayweather. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now it's Lomachenko. But uh, that's really it. Mike Tyson was the one that really made me love boxing, watching and, him. And that was a little before your time, right? I yeah, mean, my dad. You, you know, weren't like I watching said, this, these fights live. Obviously. No, my dad uh, showed me Tyson because we used to watch boxing, but he he always showed me the Tyson clips, and I was yeah. like, you know, just amazed at what he did. Yeah. Uh, just curious, just because it was such a big top, and everyone watched it. The Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah. What was your take on that whole fight? I I knew what was gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, I knew Mayweather. He hasn't. He didn't have a chance at all. No, not at all. Yeah. I knew he wasn't gonna take him out right away. You know, he was gonna play it out the whole build up i knew mcgregor was going to come out fast but he's not used to 12 rounds and uh i heard mayweather bet on himself to stop him in the 11th round something crazy like that which i wouldn't doubt but i knew mcgregor had no shot but i mean if you can make that much money why not go do it yeah. so you weren't surprised he looked pretty good those last 
those first like three four rounds yeah which i knew because yeah. mayweather was just letting him yeah. you know tee off and yeah. he didn't care that he was getting hit it's not like you know a box a boxer's punches are different from mma fighters like a boxer knows exactly how to throw a punch right? mma fighters not so much you know they, they know how to kick everything else but when it comes to punching it's different like i said it's a chess match when you're just punching so you saw mayweather was just blocking most of it getting hit with little slaps stuff like that i know you're mayweather fan but that pacquiao fight just like oh no they're, they're, like they're, they're sleepers yeah, yeah. but holy shit. just oh, that's being all, a, that's, that's his forte oh they're defensive they're so holy boring shit. a young floyd mayweather was fun to watch but as he got older because i'm a boxer like i appreciate how he fought just to be able to make these top game. guys and beat them easily like that just moving around not getting hit it you know as a fighter it's cool to watch but yeah it's boring it's he, boring he just Very became boring. so smart it's yeah. just so smart yeah well he's winning you know? yeah uh, winning and making money <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, there was like times that i would say like there's no way this mcgregor floyd May mayweather fight was even real you know right. like, i always felt like <laughs> yeah, it was such just a joke yeah like just a just a publicity stunt like these guys back doors had to be friends because they're just like say whatever you want about me i'll say whatever you want about you yeah. <laughs> and this thing's gonna and, yeah. be, and we made a billion dollers now they're uh, best of friends yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Uh, helped each other yeah 20 minutes and they made freaking i remember i was hanging out with money. steve i'm curious to see what you guys say about this i was hanging out with steve uh from finest fitness over at at porters in bellport when i lived in bellport oh, okay no, and i was fun. there with a big boxing trainer he was a known guy Steve's like he, this guy's a known guy. I looked him up on Wikipedia, and I started picking his brain about MMA. And he was he, his his take on it. It was about eight years ago. Things may have changed. Uh, I see there's some jacked guys now, but he was like, ah, MMA will always be kind of like. And you see these guys. You see these guys in the ring. They don't even look like athletes. You know, a lot of them just. You know, it's like don't they work out and eat like mm-hmm. nothing? Like how do they look like this? But he was just saying, if you get these superior athletes, you know. Uh, involved in MMA, they're going to end up, like, killing each other, you know? So yeah. he always thought MMA was going to have a restricted plate because it was never going to attract those right. those real a- those real superior athletes yeah. that could fucking hurt each other. Yeah, but um, it has. So, that's a good but, but in the meantime, is really growing. To have. Yeah, yeah. You look at Daniel Cormier, he looks like oh, he's, Yeah, he's like a monster. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks like a He's a box of cereal every day. Yeah, <laughs> he's fat. Yeah. So <laughs> straight what, up fat. What do you see the future for boxing and, and MMA, you know? Um um, I just think they're both gonna. It's never gonna die, yeah. either either sport. I mean, everyone's gonna want to see people beat each other up, you know, fight each other. So, whichever one it is, they're both gonna end up with big fights. Big names come up and right. grow, fight each other. They said boxing was gonna die years ago, when Mayweather was gone, and now we have a whole bunch of new superstars. Canelo's the highest paid athlete in the world, 345 million, I think, over five years. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's nice for us, the uh, the viewers, because now of the course of twelve months, instead of maybe you know two or three big fights, and then you got seven or eight big right. fights between yeah. right. the two sports. A yeah. lot more, yeah. yeah. Something to do, right? They're both <laughs> great. I, I love them both. It's yeah. just what you choose. Yeah. Yeah, and I watched the Triple G Canelo fights. I watched the UFC. Like the big, if they're yeah. big. If it's a big fight, doesn't matter if it's yeah. UFC. Yeah, you're gonna watch it. I was gonna yeah, watch it. But people fighting each other. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> wants to see that. Is there anything else you guys want to add about maybe Vargas boxing that we didn't go over? No, we continue to grow. You know, we only have 1,200 square feet, but um, we're growing. We're packing them in. I mean, awesome. we're, we every Wednesday night we do in-house sparring. If you ever want to watch, it's just those who there want to spar, they spar. Those who don't want to spar, they train. Um, but we're pretty much there Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 9, and Saturday mornings, 8.30 to 11. Uh, you come try a few few nights for free, you know. I always tell people, they come right away, they want to sign up. No, try it first. 
Try a couple of days, see if you like it, you know. What's the average age of the men and women over there? Wow, we average probably, there's, I'm going to say we have an eight-year-old boy who's consistent. Um, we average from eight to, my oldest is 62, wow. which he will be retiring this month and, and moving away. But uh, after that, we have um, Joe, who's 46, and he's one that would never get in the ring. And now he wants to go spar at another gym and then probably compete one time as a master. And it's nice to see because they got the confidence. I mean, he's gotten so much better. You know, big difference now. He's hitting hard. He's moved. He has cardio. Never had condition. A lot of cardio now. Do people come for you for maybe self-defense too that want to learn how to maybe defend themselves? Yeah, they, they like the confidence, you know. And that's I always tell them after they train, listen, you don't have to spar. I never force anybody to spar. But that's how you learn it. You learn it in that ring because the bag's not punching back. Um, and I put them in with my experienced guys who pretty much slapped them, you know, until they get a little tougher and then they go tougher and then I match them up with somebody who I think is at the same level. And, and you know what? Everybody that has done it has loved it so far. We're going to get over there, ain't it? Yeah, we're going to yeah. get over yeah. there. Wednesday night. <laughs> we're going to do it. And Alex, where can people find you on social media and all that stuff? Find me on Instagram, Alex2Xs underscore Vargas. And Facebook, Alex Vargas. That's it. Going forward, Alex, what could everyone expect? Keep winning, and uh, you know the goal is to be a world champion. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's what every fighter you know wants to do and become. So that's my dream. And you got a great start at it. So guys, thank you very much, Alex. Thank Mike, you. Thank you, thank Vargas you. Boxing, so for stopping by. Uh, this is the Four Nine Five Podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify. You can get on your Apple Podcast app on your phone. And you guys, thanks again. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, right. guys. I've ever felt before in my current state and in these days of war. We must grow together or the end is near. Thicken up your skin and loosen up your fears. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting through my limitations. Choosing to move.